0: Asia-Pacific shares are trading relatively flat this Monday morning, although investors should brace for a busy week ahead. Tokyo is a notch in the red, Sydney a notch in the green. Seoul is the biggest mover this morning, trading up almost half a percent. Joining me now for a look behind the numbers and to break down all the market action is Pan Jingyi. She's a senior market strategist with IG, filling in for Ryan Huang, who is on leave till the middle of this week. How are you doing, Jingyi? How's the weekend?
1: I am good. How are you?
0: I am very well rested (laughs) and uh, ready to roll
1: this week. Looks like it's going to be a busy one for us. The first month of 2021 is nearly over, Jingyi. I know, it's so fast and I felt like we're still, you know, just trying to get over 2020. Yeah,
0: I feel... (laughs) Although it feels like things are moving at the speed of light at the same time. So here we are, the first month of 2021, almost done. Investors are facing such a busy week in the days ahead. Plenty of information that could test investor appetite for risk. So one headline I saw over the weekend on MarketWatch puts it this way. Stock markets bulls brace for major gut check as earnings, Fed and GDP loom. The coming week may present the closest thing to a reckoning, for bullish investors so far in 2021 so let's take a look at each of these three factors in turn let's start with corporate earnings more Mm -hmm. than one third of the Dow components some 111 S&P companies S&P 500 they're set to report earnings this week some of the biggest tech names are going to open their books Jingyi what are markets expecting
1: well it's interesting Michelle you know because we Did go into this um, earning season as well, likewise expecting year-on-year declines in terms of the uh, earnings per share performance, and well, slightly better than Q3's 9.2% drop. But I think you know the market's still expecting well not too fancy results to be the case. But I think last week, you know, alongside Netflix' surprise, 13% of the S&P 500 index companies that reported their earnings so far has seen 86% of them beating earnings and 75% in terms of the sales. So think the numbers came out to be pretty positive and the market's just, you know, coming to terms to the fact that we may actually be maybe underestimating some of the earnings performance in Q4. So how is that going to pan out? I think it's, you know, as you said, it's going to be a moment of reckoning because a lot of the Fang names where people have put their money to, Apple, Tesla, Facebook, these are the guys that are going to report their quarterly earnings this week. And I think, you know, just really on the back of what we're seeing the worsening pandemic situation, um, if they really don't match up to the expectation that could be some volatility for the market to And perhaps give
0: us a signal if the Fang stocks are going to continue their run for 2021. Yeah. So the US earnings season so far, I agree, going pretty well. Among those S&P 500 companies that have already reported earnings, more than 70% have topped expectations, both on sales figures and earnings per share. And at this rate, they may top last quarter when the number of S&P 500 components topping expectations hit a record. Two busier sessions for U.S. earnings this week going to be Wednesday and Thursday. So Jingyi, let's turn to that second factor mm. on my three list of things to watch out for. And that is the U.S. Federal Reserve. We're going to have an update from the Fed Thursday morning, Singapore time. Yeah. So now that a new U.S. administration is in place, Congress considering that $1.9 trillion spending package, what are you going to be looking out for from the Fed?
1: Yeah, so well, definitely another big one. But, you know, with the Fed itself, we're not expecting them to come through with any monetary policy changes. In fact, that's really the kind of thing you'll be hearing us repeating until at least through this year. Uh, but instead, the Fed will actually at the start of the year have well, perhaps a new outlook, just really coming to terms to what they are seeing, you know, given how we have a worsening COVID-19 condition in the US. But yet at the same time, expectation for more fiscal injection after the last round just in the Christmas period itself. So uh, what the Fed is going to say, I think it's going to be quite important as well for the new administration, as you pointed out, in terms of how you know the market's going to see the likelihood of them putting more money to work for the U.S. economy.
0: On Thursday, a day after the Fed's decision, markets participants will receive an official report card on the health of the U.S. economy. Now, many observers expect fourth quarter growth to come in at around 4%. Do you agree with that assessment, Jingyi? And how do you think markets are likely to react?
1: Yes, yeah, so, well, certainly, Michelle, I think, you know, when it comes to the Q4 reading itself, it's been a quarter where we certainly seen elevated COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations in the U.S. coming to, well, uh, quite a bit of explosive rate altogether. So um, the market's definitely expecting the, the year quarter-on-quarter growth to slow to 4%. I don't think, you know, it's going to deviate too far from which, um, evidently, a quite a bit of a significant recu- slowdown from the recovery of 33.4% that you have seen in the. Ter- quarter itself. Um, I think one thing pointed Emily just now on from CNBC had mentioned as well is in terms of how the well consumption itself given the COVID-19 restriction could really be seeing quite a bit of a decline um, and that with new movement restriction order and we know for GDP accounting that's a huge significant chunk of which so I'm um, just going to be bracing for any disappointment but you know any surprises here I don't think the markets may be taking that too well either just really due to the fiscal stimulus hopes. So while the GDP for the US is
0: expected to grow 4% in the fourth quarter, other major economies not doing so well. Double-dip recessions now expected in Japan, in Europe and the UK, in part due to lockdowns and other actions intended to fight the spread of COVID-19. So investors, Jingyi, have been largely looking past the pandemic. How worried are you that COVID concerns could bring out the bears again?
1: Yeah, Michelle, so I think there is this kind of mix in the short term, well, a little bit of a downer due to the fact that we have more movement restriction on us but at the same time, you're getting this medium to longer term outlook of recovery so um, from what I'm seeing right now in terms of the price movements I think they are certainly trading to what's been seen in the medium to longer term fundamentals. Um, I think so far what's been heartening has been the fact that some of the data hasn't come in to be as well bad as what we are seeing but the new cases even in parts like China, New Zealand just recorded their first community cases today. Um, these are the kind of signs that it's worth continuing to monitor. But as far as U.S. markets concerns, yes, there's been a slowdown, but I think it's not to the point where I will be too worried yet.
0: I want to turn to the UK now. You would have thought British equities would be having a rough start to the year. After all, it just exited the European Union. And that is unleashing a huge amount of red tape, particularly for companies that export to the continent. And then, of course, there is COVID-19, a new strain of COVID-19 spreading fast in the UK, overwhelming many hospitals and leading to another lockdown. And yet, the FTSE 100 is outperforming the Dow and the S&P 500. It's up nearly 4% since the beginning of the year. So Jingyi, just what is the attraction and are you surprised by how well British equities are doing?
1: Yeah, Michelle, I think we have to also highlight the fact that the US, um, well, I should say British equities, the FTSE 100 in particular, if you put it on the charts against the S&P and the Dow, it's actually just really doing kind of catch up to the rest of the region. Um, So I think, you know, what you are seeing with the US and the Dow is prices had largely surpassed that was seen before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Um, They've gone on to record highs, whereas with the likes of FTSE 100, even though it's well in Q4, jumped 10%, and year-to-date, likewise, up about 3.6%, really leading the kind of charge here. Um, It's still not at levels that were seen before the COVID-19 pandemic. I would liken that a little bit to our market here in Singapore as well. Um, So I think that's been the picture. So it's been suppressed, both on the back of COVID-19 Um, well, the kind of spread that's been seen in the UK. And of course, with the kind of Brexit concerns that's been well lingering all along. But you know, that's the change. I think people are starting to see that the UK is really moving ahead, leading, um, in terms of well getting the mass inoculation going. And well, also, I think just really in terms of the Brexit deal, there were a lot of anticipation or expectation, fears that we could be seeing well a no deal Brexit, but they eventually did well dish out something. So that's been a little bit of a relief. Um, I think we are seeing for UK equity so far, and, you know, as much as the picture is concerned, I think moving forward, the expectation is that this may well continue. British equity is playing catch-up. Yeah, and along those lines, British stocks, therefore, becoming popular with value
0: investors who note that the FTSE 100's returns have lagged behind the US and Europe for years. So what is your take? Do you agree with the strategy?
1: Yeah, well, so I think, you know, that is the other thing, you know, it's just really running on the theme of who's getting well-vaccinated at this point of time. Um, I do think that with what we are seeing with the UK situation, that I think it's going to be the next key driver to the kind of sub in the market, including for your UK altogether. Uh, I think that's going to be a positive. Let's turn to corporate news, Jingyi. There are a couple of headlines I want to get through. So we're going to do this game
0: show style. I'll name a company. You tell us why it's making the news. Are you ready to play?
1: Yeah, well, I I think I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Capital Land. Yeah, so Capital Land is one that's been announcing their profit guidance on Friday. And, well, they are expecting a loss for the full year ending 2020, December 31st. And this is due to the impact of revaluations and impairments. As we well see, many of these kind of companies is really dealing with this over the COVID-19 period. So um generally, I think, you know, this come across as perhaps not too positive a news.
0: Yeah. CapitalN has issued a profit warning. The developer likely lost more than $1.5 billion Singapore dollars last year. It is, though, still expecting to pay a dividend to investors. Next up, FJ Benjamin.
1: Yes, yeah, so with this um, well, company itself, this actually announcement that's been made, a regulatory update on Sunday, in fact, over the weekend, that they have obtained an in-principle approval from the SGX to transfer to the Catalyst Board. Of course, this will be subjected to shareholders' approval.
0: Indeed, the switch, though, is expected to make it easier for the retailer FJ Benjamin to raise funds. Next up, Jumbo.
1: Yes, so this is going to make everyone a little bit hungry. Um, <laughs> but the food and beverage company Jumbo Group had announced on Sunday, its um, well, its indirect wholly owned subsidiary has entered into a joint venture agreement with the Art of Meepok to run outlets selling Teochew fish balls and minced meat noodles.
0: Fish ball fans unite! going to make us all really happy, I think. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah. The art of meatbox sounds like it could be a movie name. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know, I know. I'm hungry right now. It's just, uh, yeah. well, I'll let you get off to <laughs> breakfast in a bit. But first up, SGX.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, with SGX, this is one of those that's announcing earnings, and SGX on Friday actually, well, posted net profit up 12.4%, and this is with, well, driven by higher revenue. Um, so this came across all three of its businesses, equities, fixed income, currencies and commodities, um, data connectivity indices, and so on. So this, I think, you know, really comes across as what um, the CEO himself, Lo Bun Chai, has said is a solid performance in the first half of FY21. So yes,
0: SGX is reporting uh, 12% rise in first half profits and yet we're also seeing reports of companies who are considering going private which presumably is not good for the exchange. So what is your take on the SGX? Still a good investment?
1: Well so I think really uh, due to the fact that we do have quite a lot of volatility in the market generally I think a lot of these exchanges, these clearing houses um, I think the expectation is for them to really hold up into this half of well, first half of this year as well. Next up, Quay Show Technology. Yeah, so this is a Chinese online video company that's aiming to raise 4.95 to 5.4 billion, uh, quite a massive amount in this IPO, and it will be actually the largest in Hong Kong for more than a year. Of course, we know that's what happened well with Ant, for example. But um, coming through, I think this is going to be the next big one to really watch, and certainly for the market as well.
0: Yeah, this could be the world's biggest IPO, <laughs> rivaling Uber. So Show Technology, the main rival to ByteDance in China there. Let's check in on local stocks. The Straits Times Index dropped nearly 1% on Friday to drop below the 3,000 mark. It fell 25 points to 2,991. Jingyi,
1: how's the Blue Chip Index doing this morning? Well, so I would have to say that it does look like we're going to the start of the week with a bit of a positive sentiment, cutting across Asia a little bit, not too much. Uh But you're seeing early movers in the region, the Nikkei 225, up about 0.5%. The ASX 200, up about 0.4%. The KOSPI, I think, actually, in fact, has just really um inched up at this point of time, up about 1.2%. And in turn, most importantly for our streets times index this morning, just really shortly after the open. 've seen prices up above the three thousand level once again. in fact, it's up about ten points to three thousand and one, so about zero point three percent gains. I think uh well, it's once again reclaiming that level, so I think it's gonna keep that push going for um just really continuing the uptrend
0: All right, it's fishball noodles time, Jing <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's fun Jing You're listening to the show that's all about your money. I'm Michelle Martin before acting on the information on money fm